Camera speeds. A mark. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Focus Pull at Work podcast. My name is Clement Hönig and I will be your host for today. Today I will be talking with Hendrik Voss and Christine Adjai Scheuring, who are both product managers at the ARI ECS team. We will be talking about product management at ARI and of course about ARI's latest product, the High Five. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, Christina. Welcome, Henrik. Uh, I'm excited to have you as guests on this show. Um, I think we have a lot of interesting topics to talk about, um, but maybe we jump right in and you quickly introduce yourself. Okay. Thank you, Clemens. Um, my name is Henrik, Henrik Voss, and I'm living in Munich and working for ARI as a product manager for ARI's electronic control system that includes all the wireless lens controls and so on. Yeah, and now Christina, maybe? Yeah, hi, my name is Christina Chai Scheuring. Uh, I'm working also as a product manager for the ECS department. Um, I joined ARI in 2017. Um, yeah, I have a background um, as a DOP um, and a producer. So I worked in the film industry, I think it was 15 years. Um, before joining Ari, um, yeah, and um, I think that's that's pretty cool um, now to work for Ari because then I can can take the the experiences um, I got there and uh, and uh, and and move it to the R and D department. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so, what made you like this transition from being on set to work at Ari? Honest. <laughs> Actually, um, I think that um, the working conditions, uh, like working in um, the film industry, um, especially in Austria, isn't uh, so easy because we are a small country. So um, the, there are, let's say, a less amount of people playing there. And um, so I think it's, um, it's um, let's say, a really small pool. So I think um, it's it was a good idea to to move um, to a, to the other side um, and and to to think about new products and and think about how to help them. So I can still be in the film industry, but on the other side. That's nice. And Henrik, I mean, I know you have been at Ari for quite some time. Uh, when did you join? Like ten years ago, or was it even longer? Yeah, I I joined uh, 2010 uh, to be precise in uh, April 2010. And that was the time when the Alexa was launched. So I started 1st of April, I think on 10th, around 10th of April, we had the NAB show. So one of the first uh, actions I did was to fly to Vegas. And then we introduced the Alexa camera there. And then there was a volcano somehow um, uh, erupting and there was dust and smoke in the air and the planes didn't fly anymore and I was um, one of the few Ari people who got one of the last planes before the, the, the cloud was too big to fly and so I arrived back in Munich and many of my colleagues were like stuck somewhere and were suffering 
on a pool in uh, Vegas or Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, so, and, and then I sat in the office there alone and, and, and um, yeah, and that was my start. And um, then in, and at that time I was actually product manager. There were very few product managers at that time at Ari. I was one of them and I supported my colleague Mark with cameras and lenses. My colleague Philip had uh, the PCA, the professional camera accessories. And I think it was around 2011 when I somehow took the electronic accessory part. And we had the WC3 at that time. And um, that's where I stepped in. And yeah, the, the rest is history. So you, you're kind of the, the mastermind, if you will, uh, behind the WCO4, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's always a team thing, really. Um, but um, the thing was that we couldn't somehow uh, produce the WCO3 anymore. I think we didn't have the displays anymore. Displays are always an issue. And <clears throat> so, um, so, yeah, we, we had to to do something. And um, I had made one product before. <laughs> it's really, really funny because uh, I made a rain cover for the Alexa camera before. That was my first product. And then uh, my boss, Walter, said, Henrik, we have to do something with the WCO3. And um, I, and because the Alexa just came out, uh, of course, you always think, OK, what can we do? And, um, and what, what should be the next uh, step? And, and there were many exciting opportunities with a digital camera and uh, in regards to a hand unit. And uh, yeah, so we, we then developed um, concepts and ideas. And then eventually, end of 2012, the WCO4 came out. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so how would you define the the job as a product manager? I mean, what would be in the job description as a product manager for Ari? Yeah, it's good that you say for Ari because I think there, there are slight different um, definitions of what product managers do. If you do it for Ari and you're sitting in the headquarter, um, you definitely have a very interesting job because um, you have to understand the market, simply spoken understand the customers, understand their needs, understand. So this is one side, understand what people need to do their job or to just to make them happy in some ways. If you think of consumer products, it would be probably more to make them happy. If it's about professional products like what we do, it's make them happy and do their job properly. Um, and um, so this is a one side to understand and Get it, get it like um, missing the English word, like an abstract version of what they need. And then on the other side, look what, what can you do with technologies? And also, how does it fit in the overall strategy and roadmap of your company? Where do you want to go to it? How does uh, this all fit together? And if you then know this, um, Okay, probably I'm already a bit far, far now with the description, but to make a long story short, um, you have to understand the market and translate that into requirements for your team and also get your team on board. Also, uh, so you need some social skills, obviously, also so that you have a 
team that really knows and likes what they they are doing together with you and then uh, make a product and then on this also um it's a lot of administrative stuff like uh, so one is the creative part and the other part then and to, to do the calculations, pricing, cost, uh, timing, um, marketing, and all this. Mm-hmm. So, so actually, you, yeah. In the, as a product manager, I think you are sitting in the middle of everything. You're sitting between the customers and the, the R&D and the marketing and have mm-hmm. to be able to, I think you don't really know everything up to the last screw, but you have to know something of everything and then get this together. Yeah, I always saw it like um, like from my experience in working in the product management and in the marketing department, it's kind of building two bridges, right? So one from the customers and their needs and, and what, what makes their life easy on set and to build the drip bridge into the development. And then after the, the development is finished, kind of to build the, the other bridge and explain it to the users. So because a lot of new features are coming and maybe users are not used to them any, uh, at the moment. So that's interesting. Exactly, yeah, correct. And how would like a normal or typical day of a product manager at Ari look like? Um, typical day. Um, actually, like first you check the emails, I think as everybody does. <laughs> Uh, no, it's. I think it's. Um, you you communicate. I think to your um, developers, to your team, to your project um, managers on uh, for the for the project. Um, and you, in between, you write um, concepts or specifications for new products with coming up because, of course, you have your product roadmap, um, and uh, and it's something which you have to plan the things um, beforehand. Um, then you always get like customer questions uh, in every day. Um, then you get a phone call from from rental houses uh, and try to um, answer their questions. Uh, and then, of course, depending on the stage um, of um, the product, then you get the call that uh, now that the 3D um, print mockup is ready. So you take it and you try to mount it somewhere and uh, and make like a first user test um, and then you go back to the R&D and then they do the, um, the adjustments um, and uh, and I think this is something which is really f- the fun part actually because then it's a hands-on for you the first um, and um, and of course like when you stand in the next to um, the the, um, the engineers and they show you the, the first images of their 3D model on the computer then it's an it's an interactive um, exchange with them um, and discussing how to do the design. So this is something we do. Uh, and as Hendrik said, um, in between, then we have to do the price list uh, and think about price strategies as well. Um, so there are different topics coming in, and um, you always have a plan for the day. And then the plan is um, after the day, you think, okay, what? Um, was my plan uh, at the beginning because then there are so many things which you which uh, which you didn't wanted to do that day but then you have to because you know there's um there's a need to do it. um so it's it's always um let's say i think every day is different and that's a good thing um and especially um when as before the pandemic um but uh, and and i think that is 
something will come again, but um, in between you are um, traveling um, to to meet different customers uh, and users from different countries. And I think that's also a really important part um, of the day of a product manager at Ari to, to, to keep the contact to the users. That's awesome. Um, I really talked about uh, trade shows and, and how to involve um, op owner operators a little later, but um, maybe Henrik or Christina, maybe you can explain what's the biggest milestones uh, during a like uh, process of the of a new product uh, from the like initial idea to the final product. I mean, Christina, you kind of uh, threw some topics in there already, but maybe there's some like really important milestones which you see in the product management. Can you or me? I don't. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> As you wish. Yeah. I'm sure. Um. I think so. Let me start a, a little bit earlier. As a product manager, you really have to get into the topic, and you have to, to, yeah, to really absorb that. And by doing that, you somehow um, see very many and different aspects of the um, of the solution you are, or, or of of the process you are looking at. Now, if you look at customers, they have to do something, or users have to do something, and to understand what they are doing and how they are doing, you try to um, to get a really in-depth understanding what it what that is, and then um, you, through many uh, discussions and many meetings with people, you 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 slowly get an idea what could be needed to improve the work and um and then you and then it's it's like a very abstract cloud it's not really a defined product yet it's just uh, we need something in this direction and then it takes time really and it forms in your head and to for me actually um the biggest breakthrough or the biggest step is if that thing in your head really becomes something you can really see <laughs> it's really like that you can really the product doesn't exist but you can somehow really you know how it would feel what it would do what the benefits are what the cool things are and this is if you if you have this uh, that that is a very important step because usually you start with or actually me, I always start with very many things. And, and then the trick is to boil that down to the really important essence. And then once you have this in your head, like finished, uh, then is the time to, to translate that to the outside world, to your team and, and, and write it down and make some mock-ups. Yeah. Um, like the WCO4, um, uh, I, I I did it with uh, with clay, or actually it was not clay; it was play-doh. But and the engineers looked at me, "What are you doing?" And I was forming a WCO4 with play-doh and showed them, "Look, that's what's in my head. This is how it looks, and this is what you should do." And when you have this, that is really, I think, the biggest breakthrough because then you have a foundation to start working on. And I think for product management, that is also the very important part to really have that because if you don't have that 
think you start too early with a with a project to really involve people and physically do something then on the way things are still changing but when you are really sure about what you want and you you it's really in your head and you just have to get that out of your head on paper which is not just just it's actually much work because describing things in a way that everybody understands it is sometimes not so easy but that is for me one of the biggest steps to start with and then of course as christina mentioned when you have the first 3d print or if you have when you have the first physical thing doing something that is really so exciting and yeah yeah actually uh, i think uh, i remember the first moment which was uh, my let's say uh, let's say like wow moment uh, during the half five for example um, development um, i remember we were standing um um, like I think it was a year before, like uh, at, in the office, and we like um, playing with the with the clay, um, which like was a, like a brown clay, a little bit looked like 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 uh, like dirt actually. <laughs> so we were playing with that uh, and like trying to to find out which how the the new product can look like and uh, and the feeling and the ergonomics so it was like actually a little bit like fun like like when you're a child and you play with such play dude um, part and then i remember like then the moment coming from this this um this play doh clay um experience and um i think it was summertime um and um hendrik was on a, a business trip i think i think you have been to thailand um, i'm not sure well no Thailand, yes, I think it was Thailand, and and then um, we got in house the first three D mockup of the high five, wow. and it looks and and it looks um, it it had like it was I think it was a um, little bit um, yellow yellowish something, and I remember I had it in my hand, I took a photo and I sent it uh, straight away to Henry because of course um, you want to see it. As soon as possible, because it's the first, the first um, visible and feelable like product you have in your hand. And um, um, comparing this first mockup to the High Five as it is now, um, I can see so much different in, in between. Uh, there's um, there are really similarities, and of course with a lot of iterations. But um, I think this uh, this was my uh, my wow. Of, wow moment actually in the whole process um and um i remember um that um that when you hold then the first prototype in your hands this uh, this was a different feeling because um yes of course you have the electronics and it works and you have the display which uh, you can you can power um on the um, at the hand unit but even though i think this this mock up was um, was my special moment I guess you need a lot of um, imagination or let's call it vision to hold a, a mock-up made of clay or a play-doh uh, that you see, okay, we're on the right track because of course the material is different and you can't compare like a, a, a mock-up with a like final hand unit, I guess. So, but... Yeah, absolutely. Actually, actually um... Um, the first feedback we got from from different um, colleagues and and, uh, and users, they say, okay, um, it looks similar to the WC4, but you have to know that 
we really at the beginning we really um, thought of like making some something complete different mm-hmm. as a complete but also like we try to to change you know the economics and um I remember that we worked also with an agency at the beginning and then we got a mock-up and then the, the whole hand unit felt um nearly to the floor because we couldn't <laughs> there was no stable you know like stable um um yeah, fitting in your hands so um we really tried to to think different but um at the end we came back to the original form of the wc4 because um that was um i think for us the best way to go uh, and uh, to do it again so why um change the things which are already like um um great for the customers mm-hmm. and they like it yeah no, that's that's amazing um, I mean, you talked about the product roadmap. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of first DCs or owner operators who would love to take a look at this product roadmap. Um, but I mean, are you involving operators in this process of a product management? And um, at what point um, are you involving these? Let's let's say for the high five, uh, the first mock-up, uh, did you show it to any, any owner operators as well? And um, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Hedrick uh, and me, I remember we went um, to, um, it was London, I think, yes. We we went to London. We um, we met uh, a really great focus puller um, in, the, in, the, in the Hyde Park. Um, uh, we were sitting there, the sun was shining. <laughs> and then we showed her the first mock-up. Of course, nobody has seen us uh, because there was secret, top secret. Uh, so we got the first... Um, feedback of her um, and um, so this was really a cool moment uh, so this is um, so we met um, a lot of a uh, lot of the handful um, first disease uh, which uh, we have like um, um, a really close contact um, and which uh, Hendrik um, knew them like for years before and uh, and also like um, so we have some in uh, in, in Lebanon, and then we have a really um, key contact also in Berlin. So we're trying to to um, to have have um, users which um, which gives us uh, like feedbacks uh, from different countries. Um, yeah, Hendrik. Um, yeah, basically the the whole everything we do basically is based on user feedback because we do it for the users. We don't do the tools for us. Mm-hmm. And as Christina said, there are some, um, you know, users who we really have a close relationship um, from different regions and from different um, production backgrounds. Um, but um, that's basically always our job to, 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 to absorb and listen what people um, need. So, so, so before the, when the product is developed and before we make the first mock-up all the all the feedback we um we collect already from users and we we sometimes we only observe sometimes we ask questions sometimes uh, but it's always really to get to the essence and um and then uh, and this was also with the high five you you come up with a really big mind map with all kinds of fancy stuff in it. And then you really have to make a decision. What do you want to solve and what should that product be? Should it be 
um, fancy thing like uh, or should it be so what's your your priority really for the product and um and what's most important for the people who who have to work with it and what is also doable right there are many great ideas which you you take and then go to r d and and it's simply not possible maybe in a couple of years but not yet so you always have to really prioritize and um and boil it down and then um really find wh what are the real things and for the high five it was that we said okay we we, we make a tool right and it, it should really work reliably and like Christina mentioned about the form factor, we were, it was really a blank paper. We didn't decide before, okay, it has to look similar to the WCO4. We, we really tried to uh, to start from zero and then um, and and you know evaluate and and find out what's the best solution for everything. And and then um, regarding the form factor, it just came out that we always ended up in the same WCU4 form factor. Just makes sense. We have improved it, so it can stand on the table and so on. But um, yeah, really leave leave out, leave away the things that, and that's also, you know, I had a couple of ideas which I really found cool. And then in the end, really look at them and have to make a decision. Is it really worth it? Does it, is it really, important or can we leave it away because it's also expensive and maybe makes it less reliable and so on so in the end uh yeah we you have to prioritize and but to get back to the point this is really all based on customer feedback and um we have a couple of features um in there that also really came uh, from from customers directly. There are some features like a bit abstract, and and you a customer do and say something, and then you make your conclusions and and make a feature out of it. But there are some things which which were really great ideas from from, uh, from customers, and um, and it makes me really humble also to if I think. Uh, you know what what great great um creative people we work with and what what we that we have the opportunity to try to um yeah to um to make their needs to solve their needs and to make it a reality that's interesting yeah. um i mean ari is a big company uh, there's not only hand units um some of you might know they make pretty exciting cameras as well, and lenses and hardware and uh, bags, etc. So which departments are you working uh, the closest to and, and how is this process uh, with working with other departments during the development? And um, So the electronic control system stuff like High 5 WC4, lens motors and so on is um, done in Vienna. We have a, a we have Ari Austria there in Vienna. They do all this stuff. Um, and then we have uh, the headquarter in Munich where most of the camera stuff uh, is done, also partly in Ari Austria, especially if, if it's like uh, um, counterparting the, the hand unit on the camera side. 
so the camera department um, is really important. I mean, we are part of the camera department if you want, but I mean, the, the camera R&D team and product management team. And basically not only them, all of them. And then we have lenses. Lenses are also important because lens data is a big topic and we control lenses. So of course, we also have to talk to, to those colleagues a lot. Uh, and then we have mechanical accessories uh, that are also important because we, we need brackets and we need mounting options and so on on the cameras uh, to, to mount rods and motors and so on. Uh, so it's all important, but I think the closest re, uh, relationship or the, the biggest interaction is with the camera team because part of the uh, lens control system um, is in the RE cameras. That is why um, you don't necessarily need an uh, external box on the RE camera if you want to control a motor on it um, because we have integrated a radio module. And of course, it's not just a radio module in the camera. Uh, it's also the um, the software part. So the software that would usually be in a, in a box is now in the camera. And, um, and that has many advantages because uh, you're more lightweight, less cables and so on. And you have also more possibilities. That is what I mentioned in the beginning of, of uh, the talk here, um, that with Alexa, we suddenly had the possibility to control the digital camera from the hand unit, right? That was um, really a new thing back in the days when we released it. And um, so, th so, th so this is a cool thing. The challenge is that um, that you have to synchronize the release cycles. Yeah, if you have um, a, a part of your software in the camera and not only in the hand unit and you, for example, want to add a new feature and pro probably um, part of that feature happens in the camera, you have to wait until the camera uh, um, software update package with that feature is being released. And usually with cameras, it takes longer than with small boxes. It's, it's obvious because it's much more, it's much more complex, much more software in it, much more to be tested. Um, so that's the one thing. And the other thing, of course, is that with software, you always also um, find bugs, things that should be improved. And, and this and then also has to be synchronized and has to be prioritized in the right way. And that is that needs a lot of interaction between the teams. Yeah. It's a lot of hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, let's call it a challenge and we always love each other yeah that's, that's amazing and do you have like a, a sure fix a weekly or monthly uh, where all departments come together or yeah we have weekly sure fix um and uh, yeah so it it also always depends a little bit uh, on on the time yeah if, if you're really uh, finalizing um the, the software update package then you need to talk more and uh, then, then in between. But we have a very close um, relationship and that is also why, for example, I still sit in Munich and not in Vienna, even though the team doing the hand unit is sitting in Vienna and in Munich because the camera team is sitting in Munich. And mm. before the pandemic, I was traveling a lot between Munich and Vienna. 
And with the pandemic, that was actually a little bit sad, yeah, because I couldn't travel anymore and was much online. But the good thing on the other hand was that when the pandemic started, we basically had um, collected and, and, and decided on all the features for the high five. And it was really about implementation. It's always said um, at a certain point in time, you have to 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 make a break and say okay that's it now no more changes no more wishes no more whatever this is what we do now because if you always add things uh, you, you never really finish anything so when the pandemic started we were at a point that we really had uh, we really knew what we do and what we want and um and then i couldn't travel a lot forth and back especially not to customers forth and back uh, but uh, but we knew what we wanted, so then we we implemented. I mean, talking about customers and the pandemic, um, we know uh, trade shows didn't happen uh, the last two years almost. Um, let's see how the next trade shows will like yeah will be going on. Um, what's your take or what do you think about trade shows? Is it important for the product development as well, because I see Rachel as kind of a service to the customers, but there's also so much knowledge which you can absorb uh, during like a five-day trade show talk, talking to, I don't know, hundreds of people who, who know your product and work with it. So how do you see that? Um, actually, I think the traders, uh, even though we they... Um, didn't um, take place during the pandemic. I think they are still very important because, as you said already, Clemens, um, there are so many customers and users uh, together in one place to a certain time for a period like to three or five days, um, and and you get like a feedback um, and input from them really concentrated because you can can meet them. Um, and, and talk to them and, and they can show you um, directly on, on the camera of, or for example on the on the on the hand unit uh, what they mean uh, instead of like talking on the phone to them because then they can show you the for example um, an issue or a, um, a challenge they have to cope with. Um, and also like this uh, I think this face-to-face -face meetings on the trade shows, also with um, with other companies. So uh, we know um, the sales managers of other companies and the product managers of other companies. And uh, and and even though um, there's there are competitors, but we are still like uh, I think in a good relationship to them because we all um, I think we respect each other. And then we uh, we we also some of them we show our products and uh, and they come to us we go to their uh, booth and then we uh, we share um, also like um, nice talks and I think that's also um, really important uh, and of course uh, in the straight shows uh, from uh, from the company like point of view as a product manager you can 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 walk around and see um, uh, in innovations uh, and also new products coming up from other companies. So there's many kind of um, let's say topics which you can take um, out of the trade shows. So uh, as I said, first like meeting the users, uh, and then also like seeing what is like going on uh, in in the film industry uh, on the special um, location and time. Yeah, let's hope we can soon meet again. Mm. Absolutely. 
Um, so I think we talked a lot about like general topics, uh, but I think it's time to jump in uh, to the probably hottest topic uh, at the moment, uh, the high five. You just released it or announced it. Um, so first of all, I mean, I saw a lot of rumors on, on Instagram and Facebook and uh, also on the Focus Bullet Work uh, forum. Uh, everybody was talking about the WCU5 and I think a lot of people uh, were surprised that uh, the WCU4 name is kind of uh, discontinued. Uh, so why and how did you come up with the name High Five? Yeah, um, so w the WCU4 came because of WCU3. And WCU3 was because before we had those modular systems which were not really compact and then the WCU3 came and it was a unit that wasn't modular and because it wasn't modular, it was quite compact and then it was called the wireless compact unit three because it was something like the third generation and um but it, many people just say wireless control unit three and not wireless compact unit and i always also found it a little bit bumpy but then the the wcu4 came and uh, but wcu4 right the name it's not the most sexy name on earth, I would say. And um, so when we started that new project, um, we usually have um, code names and very, very soon without much having to think about it, I said it's a high five code name actually. And then, um, and then we had some, it's actually a funny story, then we had some internal, internal um, you know, we have requirements management tool and so on, you have to put projects and we started with a high five and then some, for some reasons had to open a new project again and, and the high five was already used and uh, oh shit, how do we call it? And then the project manager at the time said, let's call it WCO5, they said, okay, so, so now the code name internally was WCO5, but the product <laughs> name was High Five. Which <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and I, I really liked it because, um, because you know, um, it's the fifth generation, obviously, um, of, of hand unit after the fourth WCO4. It should be something with five. And then um, it's a hand unit. So the H is already there. And we put some um, some intelligent features in it, I think. So um, so it's a fifth generation intelligent hand unit. And um, but it's sadly the wrong way around, right? Then it's a five <laughs> IH. And um, but we 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 decided that this uh, is still possible to say high five. And high five has another meaning. A high five, you know, when you give somebody a high five, you connect with somebody in a positive way, right? You could, it's when you meet somebody, you connect with him or her, and you give them a high five, you, it's something positive connecting to people. And the five, high five hand unit actually connects the focus puller with the camera. Um, and um, yeah, and, and it goes easy from the tongue. So, um, so we decided to really stick with the name and um, also made a logo for it, which I think looks good 
um, yeah, so that's the story of the name. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I like the connection with the camera and the first DC. That's, that's great. Um, but it also gave, gave you some advantage, right? Uh, if people were talking about the WCO4, that, then you knew, okay, he doesn't know anything actually about it. So I guess <laughs> this is also an advantage, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's also a bit mean because people were asking, uh, is there a WCO5? And I could say, no, because it's a high five. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, so when did the project uh, officially start? So I think, I mean, people don't know how long such a project uh, can take. And um, yeah, when did you start the, the high five project? I think 2017, or Henrik. I think 2017 because that was the year um, I joined ARI. And I remember... Um, Henry did the first uh, mind map and we meet and we met a lot of um, customers during the time. I think it was 2017. There was. Um, yeah, that, that is when it really started in our brains, right? Uh, when it then started, the, the whole team was involved a little bit later, but, mm. but, um, and it also didn't look the way it looks now. Mm. It was mm. still, and that is what I mentioned before, it was still. Uh, a bunch of ideas in a big mind map mm -hmm. and then it, it's maturing and maturing and yeah 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 that's a long time <laughs> it's it's and really it's really it feels also <laughs> i mean if, uh, yeah so you must it, be excited that it's finally on the market and that's also what christina mentioned you know the first time when you have a 3d print is really exciting because you see something physical in your hand and then comes the time when you have a, a really dumb prototype that doesn't show beautiful things on the display yet just does basic things and then and then it's really a, a slow and gradual process to um to implement one software feature after the other and then uh, fine-tune it and um and then towards the launch your adrenaline level really is on 150 percent on a daily base because there's so many things coming together um you, you have to test that everything really works the way you want because you don't want to deliver buggy things even though it still sometimes happens but and then you have to really with the pandemic, we we had we had um, real um, challenges. Not only us, I think in the whole world with supply chains. You, so you have to to make sure that really you get the parts you need to build what you want to build, and you also have to get the parts for the price you were calculating with, and so on. So yeah, I'm talking about some process from from a from a from a. Really, the process starts at the customer and then eventually ends with the customer again. So we, we absorb, absorb the ideas, that's where it really starts and it becomes something to hold in the hand and goes back to the customer. And the greatest thing is if, if it really works and, and if, if, if it makes sense. Christina. Um, I think this, um, this workflow, um, there is no end because now uh, we have released the high five, but mm -hmm. this doesn't mean that now, okay, it's, it's done and it's finished. And of course uh, we will keep like um, being uh, in, in touch with um, the, the, uh, the focus pullers um, constantly, I think uh, for sure, um, because of course we get the feedback and then um, we are planning uh, new features for the, for the, 
for the first uh, software update package, but I'm pretty sure that there um, that the focus pullers will come up with new ideas mm -hmm. after seeing the high five. Um, and I think this is always like I think that's it's an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing with software. It's never finished. It's never finished. That's true. <laughs> Um, I mean, Hendrik, you, you talked about challenges uh, with supply chain, but I mean, during the whole project, uh, were there any like big challenges or what were the biggest challenges for you from the like uh, product developer side? Because you said also you had a lot of ideas and then you needed to kind of boil it down because not everything was possible. Um, any, any specific challenges you yeah that that one on. that one was definitely something exciting but um with the ideas that don't work that that usually happen before you really start uh, developing so there's kind of pre-development phase where you have to verify your ideas because you have you have new ideas innovative ideas things that haven't been done before probably and and you have to um to answer questions before you actually finalize the product in your head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there, there are, uh, there are, and there were some techno technological stuff which we thought about, and they might come later. So I don't talk about them yet, but but not very soon later because the high five will really be for the next many years the thing for us. Yeah. So don't worry about that. But. Um, And 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 those were kind of challenges, but um, but because you have to sort them out before you really start uh, developing the, the final product during product development. So it wasn't really the challenge. One big challenge we had was that um, we really, as I said, we wanted the high five to be the most reliable hand unit. Mm -hmm. And for and reliability means different things, yeah. Um, what what really um, was important for us was the radio link quality. That is why we brought those various radio options to be able to to have a solid link between camera and hand unit. Um, but also the build quality was really important for us. It's not not a cheap hand unit. We know this, but uh, also you know it. It's not cheap because of a value it has, and, be, and the value is um, and a big part of the value is really the the reliability and the reliability. One of the things that makes the high five reliable is that it is weatherproof. Mm -hmm. So. Um, When, uh, and I always have to find a, a really catchy and simple way to explain that to the team and that to the team, because I wanted it to be, to be really weatherproof, you know, you should be able to, to shoot with it, to work with it, even if you're outside and it starts raining. Um, and Christina mentioned I was in Thailand on a, on a film set there and uh, it was really having a monsoon kind of rain there and and uh, even though people had umbrellas and everything it still everything got wet and muddy and, and so on and 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 we wanted this really to be a solid thing yeah and I said to the team um, it, it should be weatherproof and to visualize that better to them I said I have to be able to take a shower with it. Okay. So and um, and it sounds simple, but uh, 
um, we then really um, worked on it to to really um, seal seal it. That is why we have sealed battery cover, sealed everything, sealed connectors, and that's um, that was one of the challenges. But you know, um, there was actually I think no challenge that that was too difficult or almost too difficult. There were various challenges. Same with the radio link is all challenging. Really, you, you have to to develop new protocols um, and you have to find ways to test that and you have to, yeah, it's it's all not easy. That is why we have a, a team of experts in R&D doing this and that is why it also takes time. But um, I remember, yeah, so that was one of the challenges. So did you take a shower? We have actually uh, not the shower thing. <laughs> Me personally, actually, yeah, I, I did this, um, but not really in front of cameras. I mean, let's not no. go too deep with it. I no, that's I even go to bed with my hands. I mean, it, it, I think it shows but, clearly what your vision is and what yeah, your vision was. Yeah, so but um, but so we have we we really built a testing. There are, there are those ingress uh, protection ratings and. Um, there are test rigs to to really in a standardized way test um, how 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 resistant devices are towards dust and water. And the IP fifty four uh, standard there there is a, a test rig that you can purchase, and we did that, and we we built it up in Vienna, and we tested the high five with it just to be sure that we meet our goals. It was not really to, to, to um, prove to everybody uh, that it's, it has that rating. Um, we decided not to, not to market that too offensively because, uh, uh, too aggressively because um, so the, the, the seals, the rubber in the with time can get old and shrink and whatnot. And then suddenly it might not be hundred percent anymore. But for us, it was important really this target that we have to be able to measure this and to see if we reach the target. And that is why we bought such a test rig and we, we did that and we reached the target. And that is why I can also really um, say um, that I think it's the most weatherproof hand unit in the market because we tested it like that. And and uh, and I think I know actually what kind of efforts went, went in it and uh, I'm a bit proud of it. Yeah. And I think when you hold it in your hands, you also feel the build quality. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, do you want to add anything, Christina? Yeah, actually, um Regarding the shower test, um, uh, as Hendrik said and pointed out, that we had our own goal. Mm -hmm. That uh, that means um, that even Hendrik uh, haven't went under the shower, but they have high five went under the shower. Mm -hmm. um, and and um, for our uh, like, uh, let's say uh, yes, it hit it that that it was like um, waterproofed. But as Hendrik mentioned before, that um, you never know um, what kind of uh, conditions people work on the set. That um, um, so you can take the R five and just put um, throw it into the lake, and you and you think, okay, this is um, it's like waterproofed, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I remember um, we have a shower in Vienna, mm -hmm. but usually people after like um, like um, cycling to the to the office take a shower, so we. 
instead of like our colleagues shot, we took the high five uh, and and put it there and um and uh and the test was uh, absolutely great um and and there were during the process there were re really actually we, we experienced a lot of like like um two way, two steps forward and then like like five five steps back and throwbacks mm -hmm. and then we found that that there okay there's still water coming in there and mm -hmm. there and there so um so um as hendrik pointed out that we i think we did um and we put all the efforts um in there with the whole team in vienna um mm -hmm. to to get it as hendrik said as most weatherproofed as possible um and uh, and um actually we got a photo um from um one of our users and focus pullers um and we didn't um tell him please uh shoot under the rain but mm -hmm. uh, actually uh, he was shooting under the rain and he sent us a photo and and it was absolutely for us okay great uh mm -hmm. he could work with it yeah i mean that's amazing the if the hand unit is not a limiting uh, limited product for uh, any weather conditions i think that's a great step um and maybe ari will um showcase the shower on the next trade show and people can, <laughs> can jump right in um anyway i mean besides we, can, the we better, can make a high five shower contest yeah that would be awesome <laughs> um i mean next to the uh weather improvement what's the biggest improvements in terms of hardware from my uh, from your opinion and uh, what basic features against the wco4 for example and what did you learn Uh, from the WC4, which did influence the high five development. I think I would take the first part, Henry. You could do the second part. It's just fine. Sure. Um, I think, as Henry mentioned, we put a lot of um, efforts, and I think there was a challenge to to offer um, uh, as to offer um, a stable and strong um, radio link. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think the. The biggest feature for the high five are the swappable radio modules, um, and the three of them you can use them in different um, situations and locations. Um, as you know, um, I don't want to get like deep into that because you can find I think all our information on the website. But I think this 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 radio modules are really the, the biggest feature number one. I think this is the feature why we did the high five only actually because of of having um, or giving the, um, the users the confidence that they can shoot on the set. Uh, and, of, and of course, um, the, I think features like um, the integrated NATO rail, for example, with the multiple mounting points um, and our new uh, monitor bracket, um, I think um, it's a nice feature. And also um, our smart focus uh, rings, um, they can, you can just click on it, um, put it there, uh, and, and it's already like um, electronic detected. You don't have to get into the menu and um, assign them. Um, and our cooperation with the focus bug um, company that you can have a dedicated focus bug screen on there and you can show um, um, to mark, um, to, to, um, to, distance values, for example, on the screen. Um, then, and then, then also like these features for, we get um, emails um, actually once in a while from, from uh, first disease who say, oh, why Ari isn't something doing about um, us who are, are left-handed? And this was a feature we, we heard so many times for WC4 
And this is a feature I personally, I think, really um, like um, at the um, High Five. Uh, I think people will appreciate it that we listened and now it's there. Um, and then, of course, um, I think the High Five like feature that everything is a little bit cleaner from the from the GUI design. So you can just say, um, I can um, I can hide my my iris um, iris scale, for example, and only um, show um, the the other values or um, also like uh, manually um, add like the the, um, the T stop, for example, when you don't have one. So there are a lot of um, features um, which I think define the new high five. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. So, so left-handers, they, they can just use it um, like same as right-handers, so, so you can just swap it? Yeah, upside down. So the display, oh, mm -hmm. it turns oh, upside sense. down. Perfect, yeah. And I think also the, the marker rings with the digital, um, how do you call it? Smart uh, focus ring. With the smart the... photos rings. So how does that work? Um, so you have the lens uh, lens status um, like loaded on your hand unit, I guess, and then you just uh, put it on and it loads the ring automatically and, and matches it. Hendrik? Um, yeah, the, before um, with the WSU4 and other hand units, you would have to select the pre-marked focus ring in the hand unit menu. Um, there are actually some differences between WCU4 and HI5 in regards of, to lens data display and, and the smart focus rings. So with the WCU4, um, we, we, we had the lens data display and the lens data display shows the focus iris scales and the zoom value. And um, with the WCU4, the, the the scales, of course, even with the high five, the scales on the lens data display are moving when you turn your lens ring with the motor. But with the WCU4, you see um, the actual position of the lens on the lens data display. So they would always, if you have a fast focus pull, you would always see a lag of the scale. And many people misinterpreted uh, that as a slow display or something like that mm -hmm. but in reality it was um, a um, just the position of the lens motor because it's it probably just moving slower than you when you rack your focus mm -hmm. now with the high five we um, we are showing the target values on the lens data display and not the current position values um, because then that gives you uh, the possibility to pull from the display if you don't want to use a ring or, or if you use a ring, then the scales are synchronized. And in order to, so the scale on the ring and the scale on the lens there, the display are synchronized. And if you still need and want to see if you have a lag on the motor or even maybe the motor doesn't move at all, we implemented a new feature that is uh, called the, um, the motor trail. Um, and this is actually like a comet uh, trail. It's it's a white line that that indicates the current position of the motor. So you still see this because with the WCU4 you couldn't really get this right. If you're under stress and you move, you don't really need to. You just want to know: am, Do I have a leg and have I arrived at my position or not? And not where, which number it's exactly. So this we have. 
changed with a high five and then with smart focus rings the smart focus rings have a chip on them and um, when you put them on the high five hand unit um, the hand unit automatically detects which mm -hmm. smart focus ring or which scale on the smart focus ring is mm -hmm. there and maps um, this scale automatically to the to the lens um, and and this is just a feature that saves time and um, and uh, and it's quite smart. Yeah, I think that's nice. Are the the scales the same? I think there are more Prima prints, right? So yeah, that's also a customer feedback thing. Before with the WCO four, we had five different scales or five different Prima rings with feet scales and five different rings with um, meter scales. And we got a lot of feedback that some scales are missing. So now we have 10 for each, mm -hmm. uh, ranging from nine uh, inch up to um, 10 feet, oh. the equivalent in meter. Mm -hmm. Well, knowing that you won't use all of them all the time, but mm -hmm. you can have a choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so, I mean, we talked about all the features. I mean, any any other like uh, biggest new features you would like to highlight, but I think we covered uh, quite a lot. Yeah, I think, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, for me also the radio modules, the exchangeable ones are the biggest new feature. And that's really cool, I think, because, um, you know, the, the 2.4 gigahertz band is really congested. There are so many devices uh, operating in it. Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, lens controls, Zigbee stuff, all in the same band. And that is why we have those interferences. And, and then usually the loudest wins, you know, if, you, if, you, if your device has the highest output power or, or uh, uses a, a wide range of the band, it, it will just disturb other devices. And it's a little bit like a Wild West on set currently. And... Um, so if you are the one disturbing the others, then you are lucky. If the others are disturbing you, then you're then you um, you're not, not lucky, and it's not good situation. And it's really hard to um, to solve this if you only have one fixed radio module in your hand unit. We found so now um, in the WCU4 in our cameras, we have a radio module that uses a fixed frequency. You can select that frequency by selecting the radio channel. Um, it's called direct uh, um, sequence spread spectrum. I always have a tongue in my uh, uh, knot in my tongue when I have to say this. It went quite well actually right now. So direct uh, sequence spread spectrum. And and so you're using one certain part of your one certain frequency, and if some other device jump on it, then you get an interference and your signal loses, yeah, and you have a problem. And then um, so this is what, but that is one of the options we are offering because you don't always have that problem. Um, you have that problem if you are in a congested two point four gigahertz band space, but that's not always the case. And the advantage of this is actually that it's built in all our cameras since Alexa Plus, really thousands of cameras, this radio module as a counterpart is in there. So if you use that on your high five, you can talk to all those cameras without needing an extra box. And plus the UMC4 and AMC1 and whatnot, CFOS Mini R8. So 
So, but if you have now an interference because you have many other devices jumping around in the same spectrum, you can, you have an option and you can use the um, the RF two thousand four hundred, which also uh, uh, works in two point four gigahertz band, but it's a frequency hopper and it, it even listens before it talks, so it jumps to the spaces it has built free and doesn't disturb other devices so much and is not disturbed by other devices mm -hmm. so much. That's now this is an advantage. Another advantage is that you can use this module also worldwide, uh, like just like the RF EMIP module. Mm -hmm. The disadvantage is that because of the way this radio chip is working and, and the data requirements we have, uh, it's just a point-to-point -point connection. You cannot use a network mode like with the, okay. with the old radio module where you can connect up to three hand units. Mm -hmm. So this is both good, but and now if you are in the US or Canada, then you can use the third option, and the third option is a 900 megahertz module, and that's really just a completely different frequency than 2.4. So if, if your whole set is full with 2.4 gigahertz devices, you can use a 900 megahertz device with a quite high output power, and um, we measured incredible range with it, and um, and it's not disturbed by those 2.0 gigahertz devices. Of course, there are again other devices also using 900 megahertz, and then you have to take care that you don't disturb them or they didn't disturb you, but you have options. Mm -hmm. And that is really, really, I think, an important thing and a good stuff. And the other thing, when I think about High Five, which I find cool, and I'm happy that we did that, is that we talked to Focusbug. I remember it was a sunny day on a Cinegear show in Los Angeles. And Christine and I went to the focus bug booth and we talked to Laird and John. And because we found they, I remember I was in London on a trade show first time and, and everybody was talking about this focus bug. And I, I didn't really know what that is. And I went to the Panavision booth and, and Laird was there, blah, 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 explaining the focus bug. And I, I listened to it and we found this actually cool device. And and then as you, you ask yourself, well, should we, of course, we also um, think of ARI distance measurers and motion also has great tools, but I think it's actually cool and um, can't get much cooler than that with the with the ultrasonic uh, distance, uh, with the ultrasonic technology. Um, so we decided, hey, let's talk to them. We talked to them, they were open and now, and then that was uh, the beginning of, uh, uh, I, would, <laughs> I would say, yeah, of a nice story. Uh, not love story, baby, but really good, very positive, nice, fun uh, relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, and they and then we developed um, this this uh, protocol with them, which is fast and and bidirectional. So with I five, you can set up the SINAR-RT system from them. You get the distance values that you measure with a hand unit on the high five lens data display, and so on. And um, and this shows actually that we are open also, and we are happy to 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 partner up with others as we did with the motion in a much more intense way also. And um, and uh, yeah, and that makes me happy and it's fun. And we always try to to get the best solution for our customers. And if the best solution involves such steps, then even more fun. Yeah, I see the same way. I mean. You can't offer the best solutions in every possible way. And then uh, sometimes other manufacturers or other people, they have the 
amazing ideas or amazing products and if if a company is open to kind of implement and uh, implement these these products or workflows or whatever i think uh, at the end of the day it's our goal should be or a goal of each every company should be to make the focus pullers life easier or the customer's life easier and absolutely i think it's great mm-hmm. perfect so um i mean what can customers expect when purchasing the high five when it comes out for the first shipment um because we said software is never finished um so what's what's basically in the package uh, from the software side when when the high five um when people receive their first high fives and what uh, what is the product roadmap look like um, is there anything they can look up or yeah basically it's the same uh all the things that obviously for uh, is 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 possible to do you can do with the high five as well so basically the same feature set uh, and then the features uh, Hendrik uh, mentioned before uh, which are added um, and I said and I also like mentioned before for example the manual t-stop uh, entering and all the other things and um, but then we we have on the horizon and planning for the um, first software update features like for example we have um, additional licenses that means camera control for red cameras Sony cameras as well. Um, yes. We will have the license for the Cinefate. Um, as this was a request um, already for WC4, people ask mm-hmm. us to do that. So this will be uh, available with the next um, software update. And there will be also um, the full potential uh, of the Focus Bug um, feature set, uh, as Hendrik mentioned, will be in the software update in the first one. Um, Yes, and then of course, like um, uh, a more sophisticated way of uh, of manual um, um, calibration, for example, when you work with loan, uh, mm-hmm. with um, old lenses, for example. Um, so this is planned for the new software updates and much more, of course. So maybe Hendrik, you have some to add features. Yeah, um, no, you actually mentioned the most important. I guess the point is here that. Um, we um, we we with the first customer shipment, as we call it, so the first delivery of the of the high five happens. Um, so the first things ready, let's say like that in shipping, is a high five body and the rings and so on and the RF EMIP radio module, so the white coded radio module. With the white coded radio module, the high five can do what a WC four can do just as Christine just mentioned. And will, that, so, and will that be like a long learning curve, you think, or is it quite similar to operate? Uh, it's very, it's quite similar to operate. The user interface on the screen um, is a little bit more like our cameras. We, we try to have more the, like the same look and feel here, but in general, it's, 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 I think, pretty much the same. The concept is pretty much the same. We have some more buttons to uh, easy and faster access. And I'm sure I, I, we get tons of feedback what to improve. And I really can tell you all already that we super much appreciate that. And the platform the High Five is built on is very powerful. Um, software updates should be easier to implement and there should be much more horsepower to, to do more things. So this is now the thing we come out with to start with. If you remember how, when the WC4 came out, it couldn't do many things it can do now. And with the high five, um, that's really the next generation. 
we we have a lot of headroom there to implement a lot of features. Now, the reason why we just start with with a part of all the features first with first shipments is that um, we you know the, there was actually that we because of some supply chain issues and so on we couldn't build any more WSU floors um, and we. Um, it was for me personally. I must say, really, I'm quite emotional thing to have to announce it to the team that we cannot because we we would have to have so such long lead times to build more. It doesn't just make sense. And um, I had a little tear in my eye when I really said that after after more than eight years being in the market. Um, I think everybody. And then, and, but then we decided to put all our resources uh, on 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 um, finalizing the software for the high five and the white coded radio module, and not to to work on everything. And everything means the two other radio modules and the radio interface adapter on the camera side, but really concentrate to really get the software solid and out mm -hmm. uh, as soon as possible, not to have a gap. Yeah? And then. And then uh, after that, take your time and take take the resources to really test. It's mostly about testing. It's not so much about implementation, implementation, but really testing all kinds of cases because the testing matrix is quite big. And then when we are stable there and solid there, uh, deliver the radio interface adapter into two other radio modules. And it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I think with the WCO4, it was quite a shock for the whole industry when uh, Ari announced that they are not. Yeah, and, and even I must tell you, really, even for me, because I didn't think, I, I thought we can make a better transition, but it, it's really because of the pandemic, there are supply chain issues. It doesn't mean that you don't get everything anymore, but it means that you can get. You don't get parts which usually you would get in, in two weeks suddenly it's like nine months delivery time and then you have to make your decisions right? and also uh we had uh we heard that um due to the the pandemic that production were stopped and then they they started again that means like everybody wants to start at the same time so the the amount of orders that which like flew in uh, was like increasingly higher than before because everybody wants to shoot. And of course we think, okay, um, how many um, WC4 uh, we need to build that, okay, it, um, that we have some in stock, but um, nobody of us could imagine that so many um, quantities people also need after like starting to shoot again. Mm -hmm. And as Hendrik said, the supply chain. So mm -hmm. they both, I think they're both reasons. Yeah, I think were. supply chain is, is especially, I mean, there are so many suppliers, I guess, for, for a product like a hand unit or camera. And I mean, each supplier, some of them, they are like uh, have tens of thousands of, of people working for them. And even they are relying to, to suppliers. And during the pandemic, everybody, everything was shut down. And to ramp this up, a supply chain uh, just takes time. I think that's, mm -hmm. that we'll get there. Um, so I have a final question, um, maybe a general one um, to, to wrap it up. Uh, so if I was a first DC or an owner operator and um, I'm highly interested in, in product management, uh, product management or product development, um, is there any way I can work closer with companies like Ari or um, how can I be involved in like magic behind the curtain? Product roadmap. 
what would you advise to, to those who are interested? Well, quite frankly, I think uh, Clemens, um, there's platform focus puller at work, and this is actually a good platform. We are there. Um, we are members. Ari is a member. Um, there's forums. There's direct channels. Um, and for, and it's good uh, to really have a uh, um, like a channel to channelize all this feedback. I think that's a good platform. Mm. There are many platforms actually, but uh, we also have limited time today. So to always check our platforms sometimes a bit challenging for us. Mm. To, but, if, if you, but I think the advantage of Focus Polite Work is that it's, um, that it's a platform that bundles many companies and many customers uh, or users. Uh, and and I, I think that's good. Would be a good way. So I guess that. like coming up with, with uh, new ideas or uh, like uh, yeah, productive feedback. Actually, and we, 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 we already look into the forums to, to get okay. ideas, uh, but to have a direct uh, link mm -hmm. um, is, is always better. Best yeah. is personal, mm -hmm. but this is also good. Um, yeah. Perfect. The same, just like give us a call, write us an email or leave a message in the in the focus bullet work platform i think these are good ways and of course when the trade shows are coming up and start again um they they can all meet us at the booth if we were there or our colleagues are there and place um, also the feedback and share because our colleagues all over the world they also share the feedbacks uh with us as well that's good um thank you you too i think we covered quite uh, a few topics i hope it was interesting for the listeners um yeah thanks for taking your time thank you clemens for inviting us yeah thank you clemens and thanks all for listening thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed if you did please subscribe if you want to be featured in a future episode of the focus bullet work podcast please send us an email to info at focuspolaritwork.com.